1: Welcome back to Hey You, a you, as in the Netflix show, podcast. I am Joe Lipsett, and I am joined, as always, by Sheree Bohannon. Hi, Sheree.
0: Hi, Joe. <laughs> How are you today?
1: I am doing okay. I'm excited to dig into You Season 2. So, yes. folks, as always, we are dedicating one episode per season in the run-up to season four, and then at that point we'll be doing one episode per episode. But, uh, Sheree, I'm interested. How did you feel about You Season 2?
0: I definitely feel like You Season 2 was not as spicy as Season 1. Hmm... I think that it's spicier than the book that it's based on, specifically with some of the characters we get um, and the versions of them we get here, but also some of them took major steps back. It's like a weird mixed bag of, I don't know, but I'm still here (laughs) and I obviously came back because here we are. (laughs) There we go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we probably mentioned it on that first episode when we were talking about season one, but like you and I have both read both of these books. We have both obviously watched the seasons. I have foggier memories of this. I remember that I got really frustrated when I was reading the book because there were some interesting ideas, but it also felt like it got stuck up its own butt a little yes. too often. yeah. And I feel like you're right. The show sidesteps some of that. Like, it's still very much we've moved the show to Hollywood now. We're doing a lot of kind of inside baseball, talking about how movies get made. And we're making fun of influencer culture and foodies and just how self-absorbed Los Angeles people are. And at the same time, I was kind of like, what are we doing with this Jenna Ortega shit? (laughs) I love the actress. But all of that storyline about Joe trying to connect with another fucking kid was just, no, stop this.
0: I really feel like some executive somewhere was like, we need to make him more human in the show uh, than he is in the book. And no, we don't. No, We, we don't. <laughs> Part of the reason I'm here is to see him actually kill people. I don't want any of this. Nothing's my fault if we look at it from these angles. Because, like, <laughs> that's boring. <laughs> I I loved in Ortega, but her character was not there in the book this particular season are like let's add people and let's retract Mm -hmm. people and it doesn't make sense for instance like the show decided to keep candace which we thought she was dead whereas Mm -hmm. the book was like no there's a new bitch who like wrong joke at the top of book two is following her to hollywood and that makes more sense yes than him being like my ex is alive let me go to hollywood where i'm the most visible ever (laughs) i'm just like what are you doing (laughs) yeah
1: it is very odd i will say you know we really didn't talk very much about candace who was played by amber childers from season one i like this actress i actually think she's doing really good things with this role so i was kind of excited to see that she was going to come back because season one is joe acting in the shadows right like he's really fucking people around and oftentimes they don't know until they end up getting murdered by him and then they're like oh dying breath i didn't realize you were there (laughs) Whereas Candace introduces something very new to the mix, right? She knows exactly who Joe is. So she gets to come around and then he has to go on the defensive. So I do think it adds this exciting new thing to the mix. I don't always believe how they use her like. The idea that she turns up and she's like, I'm dating 40 now. And you're just like, wait, <laughs> but why?
0: <laughs> right. I, my other thing with Candace is that Candace seems like a smart girl and she was mm-hmm. almost murdered by him once. Right. And she keeps putting herself in situations where he can murder her again if he wanted to. And I'm like, this is not how survivors mm-hmm. move. Usually. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sitting there with her therapist going, let me look at the notes, but I just... It felt like she was just like, I just want to be part of the soap opera. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. we love that for you, but also make a choice. Like, even the way that, okay. So like, Candace (laughs) does not make out of this season. This time she's really dead. Like, if they bring her back Mm -hmm. again, I have concerns. Right. But the way that happened, while I love that reveal, and I love that it makes love more interesting than the book, Mm -hmm. it was like, why would you, why wouldn't you call the police instead of Mm -hmm. his girlfriend? Are you a jealous lover? What are we doing?
1: Oh, yeah, you definitely have to suspend disbelief that no one would ever go to the police when anything on this show happens. And that will continue into successive seasons, right? The number of times that people are like, I'm just going to investigate on my own. And you're like, you're not in a horror movie. You're in a thriller TV show. But also you're meant to be living in Los Angeles, living in the suburbs, call the fucking police and let other people deal with your problems.
0: Yes. And there were so many ways of not having us have to just be like, nobody calls the police in this world, okay.
1: Because Mm -hmm. again,
0: Love was like stalking Joe, which was the first time Joe had a stalker. And I was like, that's sexy. And we didn't know about it. And so like, (laughs) she could have had eyes on that surveillance place because her family has money as we get into, which is how they get away with all these murders. (laughs) We didn't have to be like, I'm going to call her. We're going to wait here with this dick. Body so she can see you for herself and then I'll call the authorities. I'm like, (laughs) what kind of Batman shenanigans are these? Like
1: (laughs) Yeah, this second season seems to be much more interested in exploring how money can be used to get you out of problems. Like season one, we do have rich people, but it's kind of like side rich, right? Like Beck is independently wealthy, but also she has to run to her father when she needs money. She needs to rely on Peach to help her out occasionally. Here, it's like... Oh, we've had money for days. But I also think that that makes Love a more interesting character as a result because she's so used to being able to get whatever she wants that when it's revealed, Oh, hey, I also murder people because me and my twin are totally fucked up. It does make it more believable.
0: Yes, I feel like love benefits from this family dynamic that the show set up, but nobody Mm -hmm. else does. (laughs) Uh, Because like, in the book, like 40 was more interesting. He was very annoying, but he was also purposeful with his manipulation Mm -hmm. of Joe. Whereas here he's like a giant man baby. And we just let him be because we're rich. And I'm like, this is this is not an interesting choice compared to the book.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Maybe we can talk a little bit about these two performances. So, you know, yeah. Uh Joe goes to Los Angeles. He immediately ends up falling in love with this girl who is a chef. She works at a restaurant/slash bookstore called Anavrin. And yeah, her name is Love Quinn. She's from this Quinn family who has a long history of being ultra wealthy. She's played by uh, Victoria Pedretti, who a lot of people will recognize from Mike Flanagan TV shows. And then she has this twin brother, Forty, who is played by James Scully. I'm just going to launch a little torpedo in here and then we can move on. I, I appreciate when we cast queer actors to play straight I don't find James Scully convincing as a heterosexual character in this season. So I found it incredibly distracting watching season two, waiting for him to have some kind of gay moment and for them to just play it straight the whole time. Like you get more incest vibes with him and and love. But we also don't really go there. Like we kind of do because they have a very protective relationship with one another. But I honestly was just like, This guy is really cute, but also very gay. Why are we not acknowledging this?
0: Listen, I (laughs) because I saw the show first before reading the books. um, I was definitely Mm -hmm. like, "They are going. Are these siblings fucking?" Um, And I was like, "Okay, we're not going there." And in the book, he was still a little bit obsessed with her, but again, Mm -hmm. he was more intentional and more of an adult. Was like an addiction problem, which I think is more interesting than he's a man baby who. Also, I don't remember if um, him and the babysitter had an affair in the book, which I should remember Ooh. if they did, but I don't.
1: I cannot remember. I want to say that that was something that they kept over in the adaptation, so I think
0: so. Okay, because like it, I, maybe they just make it more of a thing in the series that they did in the book. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, again, is that that's just this like season being like humanize everybody. And <laughs> we don't need everybody to be human. We need them to be interesting sometimes
1: yeah yeah it i don't really know what to say about how the show refuses to let people be monsters i think it's one of the ways that people distinguish this show from dexter and i joked that you know i do call the show baby dexter (laughs) but i think one of the big differences is that you has never been comfortable with acknowledging that Joe is a monster, or it leaves that task up to its audience. And it's more comfortable in the world of the show or within the narrative to be like, well, we're going to make him complicated. We're going to give him this backstory. We're going to make sure that you understand that he's deluded. Like he himself doesn't understand what he truly is but i sometimes feel like that holds the show back because you could take it in a different direction if you just let him acknowledge that he is a human monster and that he enjoys killing people
0: Yes, because what's happening is we're getting bogged down with these flashbacks which we don't need mm. for a story that we don't need because like if you want to humanize him, I guess you can. It's your property. But like a lot of people grow up in like similar circumstances and they don't become sociopaths who are serial killers. Mm-hmm. And so like what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so it's been a hot minute since I've watched season two. What are the flashbacks that we're getting here? Is it just to Joe's relationship with his mom
0: still? oh yeah yeah i just binged it all last week because i'm that girl um we're getting (laughs) lots of we're getting lots of him and his mom and him and his mom sleeping around and the abusive dad and Uh how the mom kept saying they were gonna leave just the two of them but then she'd show up with another man and he didn't like that um and he eventually ends up shooting his dad and then the mom is like you need to go to foster care because i can't deal with this basically and mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. Th- but again, like, this is, this is not, unfortunately, that stretch of a story for a lot of people. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so if you want to be like something in his childhood made him a monster, you have to like do some real digging. You got to like give us something. You can't be like, well, it's shitty here. Because <laughs> again, that's boring. And so I'd rather they just left it a mystery. I love when it's a mystery. I love when I don't know why a person does a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, or you have to acknowledge, like, in the world of you particularly, what they're suggesting is that it is nurture that is causing him to be like this, right? Because he had a shitty upbringing with a mom who didn't maybe love him as well as he should have. And then he went into the foster care system. And that's why he's turned into a monster. And I'm sorry, but like you said, that is a lot of people's experiences and it doesn't turn them into killers. So it's a bit of a fuck you.
0: It is. It feels very much like how in the real world, we like to, we like to sort of baby awful men to be Mm -hmm. like, he's doing this because he didn't get hugged enough as a child. Or Mm -hmm. he's doing this because his mother said no to him once. And Mm -hmm. it's just like the rest of us have to like, (laughs) live in a world where we hear no, I don't get hugged all the time. Like, what do you want? Like you don't get a you don't get a cookie because you had a sad moment of last year. You just don't, and so it again it makes it harder to like want to invest in Joe because in season one when we had fewer details, mm-hmm. I was like he's a sociopath. I'm on board, right. but but now we're like he's a sociopath because life was mean to him by mm-hmm. his standards and with his. pedigree and it's privileges and I was like that's more boring Um, and so I just I want us to stop giving us backstory and just let us see him maneuver things here and now
1: yeah we'll have more to say about this in the next episode when we get increased flashbacks in season (sighs) 3 (laughs) <laughs> I agree with you. If if anything, I think what we start to see in season two is more of the trajectory of how the show will move beyond a one season wonder. You know, we're still doing stuff with Joe, but it's more about his backstory, and then we're really expanding the world of the show to give plenty of new character spaces. So yeah, we've got Jenna Ortega as Ellie, and then her sister Delilah, who is played by Carmela Zambado. And they're entangled in, like, this investigation about uh, Henderson, who is a stand-up comedian in Los Angeles, played by actual sex predator Chris Delia. And it's—I don't know. This is where I'm just like, ooh, I feel the padding of the show coming into play more
0: here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because, again, like— I I love seeing brown people in this world because Joe is definitely in places where we exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And the book does not talk about us. Um, (laughs) And you know what? I'm just going to leave that there. And so I'm like, yay for these characters. But these characters feel like they are here to help humanize Joe and give us a larger body count that he's not responsible for. Like, he only Mm. kills Henderson this season.
1: Oh, my God. You're right. I totally remembered him, like, killing 40 and a bunch of other characters, but you're right. It's like, yeah, he pushes Henderson down the stairs and everybody else is kind of an accidental death or it's secretly love.
0: Right. Which, to give the book credit, in the book, he's trying to kill people. He just doesn't get around <laughs> to it because, like, things keep happening. And so he kills Henderson and he tries to kill 40 a couple of times <laughs> mm-hmm. and he even tries to kill Amy. That's his whole pers- That's his whole reason to go to California, is to track down Amy and kill her. Right. And, like, here we're just, like, I killed the bad guy and I'm just trying to mind my own business. And I'm, like, this is not what I signed on for. I signed on to see you murder people. But, like, because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the, again, we talked about it a little bit in season one. The people he murdered, most of them deserve to die. Right. And so we were, like, kind of on his side. But, like, here he's surrounded by basically the same sort of people and same stock characters. But mm-hmm. he's just, like, live and let live. I've got love. And I was, like, oh, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're very much uh, moving into romantic Joe as opposed to stalker obsessive Joe. And even though obviously he's still very clearly stalking love, he's spending more time rationalizing what he's doing right Mm -hmm. and then i think the flip side of that is that we're also trying to do this big broad hollywood satire right so Guinevere's book has uh been optioned by 40 and he wants to turn it into a movie and joe gets involved in the writing process so there's a bunch of stuff like trying to gently mock the kinds of personalities you'll see in los angeles but then also specifically the movie industry itself
0: yes and i think that the show specifically gets lost in that sauce mm. because i i don't think the show is always aware of when they're supposed to be on the joke or when they're not supposed to be on the joke so it gets really okay. murky Mhm. <laughs> Um, because I feel like season one was like, oh yeah, these are these basic bitches. Let's have fun with this. But mm-hmm. here, I'm like, are we are we mocking them? Are we laughing together? Or are we laughing at you? I don't know anymore. And so I just mm-hmm. yeah. But obviously, I still had a good time because again, I'm here and I need to like just stress that. Cause I know people like to get in their feels and be like, you said a negative thing, but like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think, if anything, season two just—it it makes it a little bit more evident where some of the issues lie with the show, and I think that this is a relatively common issue when shows move into second and later seasons. It's like, okay— the thing is now a hit. How do we keep the money train moving? Yeah. Well, it means we need new characters so that we have new bodies so that we have different stories, and not all of them are successful. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying the second season is not good. We're just saying it kind of exposes where some of the flaws in the basic concept lie.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh because again, like it gets so much better than the book, for instance, I I can't not say enough how much I love love in Mm. the show as opposed to the book. Like, she has agency here. She's got, like, interesting things happening. She's got a past. She's Mm -hmm. also, like, not on the level. Whereas in the books, you're kind of, like, one note and crying and just, like, I'll follow you wherever, Joe. And I was like, oh, this is boring. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Love is a very shallow character in the book, from what I remember, Mm -hmm. and not particularly interesting. Whereas I think at least the creative team... But definitely, Victoria Padretti have a really interesting handle on this, this TV version of the character. And again, we'll have more things to say about where love goes in season three of the show in our next episode. But I find her a lot more compelling than Beck was in season one. Like 100%. Beck was very much like a trophy that Joe wanted to get. But, you know, they made her more complicated because she was shallow and narcissistic love is damaged and she wants to have love so badly like i think she's a much more relatable character and then the show flips the script on us twice with this character by first revealing oh she's actually obsessed with joe and has been playing him a whole time and then at the end of the season revealing oh secretly i've been the one committing all these murders it's not been you because i'm so fucking obsessed with you
0: Right? And I love that kind of respiral because, again, mm-hmm. like, we're used to Joe being the apex predator. Yes. And so to have somebody else be like, I, too, am dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And you have now have a new kind of problem, especially because we know Joe is very much like, I need to catch this person, and then once I catch them, I have to start fighting the other one so I can go ahead and kill her.
1: Right. <laughs> which,
0: is, which is another reason why I'm upset Candace is still alive. I love that actor, like you said, but, like, It undoes his first kill that we're aware of. Mm. So even with this idea of keeping her alive, we're undoing the person we thought we were here for. Oh,
1: that is interesting. Because I was actually just about to say, that's one of the reasons I like the way that Candace is used this season is because it anticipates the idea of a killer, vengeful woman that can outsmart Joe. But I do totally take your point that, yeah, it undercuts the kind of origin story the show has been telling about him in season one.
0: Now that you say that, I wonder if initially, the reason we revived Candace was so that she could be that person. And then we decided Mm -hmm. to make that love. And then we had both Hmm. of them. Huh? I feel like that might be what it is now.
1: (laughs) That's interesting, because you've read book three, and I have not. So I don't actually know what happens, like if love is even in that book, whether the show just completely removes that but that is fascinating.
0: I cannot wait to talk to you about book three because yeah, I have very specific thoughts on (laughs) what happens there with that. And that's all I'm gonna say for now, (laughs) (laughs) what?
1: Fair enough. So there's a character that we haven't really talked too much about, and by a lot, I mean, not at all that would be will so this is the person that joe takes over his apartment and locks in this season's glass box and i'd completely forgotten this character was played by robin lord taylor from you know that terrible batman show that was on fox or whatever the (laughs) other year (laughs) loved this actor hated hated gotham was not a fan
0: we all have to pay rent that's what i like to say when i see those projects come out
1: (laughs) fair very fair Yep. (laughs)
0: about him and again i just binged this like three days ago because again (laughs) joe let somebody live like what is why
1: yeah like what is the design here how do you suppose that you're going to be able to let this person go and not have them tell like you cannot lock a person in a clear cage and feed them through a a double-sided mechanism for weeks at a time and not have them turn around and say this person Kidnap me and imprisoned me it's just not going to happen in the real world
0: exactly exactly and it's it's the more boring choice it goes back to them trying to redeem joe mm-hmm. and we don't need him redeemed we need him to be scarier we need him to be more bloody we need him to like give us the things we came here for it, it kind of feels like those people who like to spend that narrative on Joker and Harley Quinn, because we had right. a Gotham reference, and so that's why my brain is going. <laughs> um, <Fair. laughs> um But they love to be like, oh, no, that's a lovely relationship, when it's like tweens and things. And like how we like to have the whole, like, he's a complicated artist narrative, and it's like, he's not an artist, he's a murderer, let him be a murderer. <laughs>
1: Just let him be a murderer. Well, continuing on that path, then, do you think that this is in part a response to how the show was received after season one because i think they would have known that people were thirsting after Penn badgley in this role obviously the show really took off on netflix as we discussed in the last episode but i'm wondering if they kind of realized oh okay there's certain things we need to do to keep this rabid fan base on our side and that is in part to soften joe or not let him go full serial killer
0: I, I worry about that because I, I too have noticed that we love to cast the hotties as serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we don't always like do that gracefully, which is why the tweens are like, I can't wait to see this new serial killer situation based on real people's lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so like, if that's part of it, that's one thing, but also after a full season, we're too far in the bag. And so you can't be like, well, let's just make these other kills kinder. You have to be like, we started this. How can we like move smarter now with what we've done? As opposed right. to, he's a tiny bunny now. It's safe. You can rehabilitate a serial killer. Mm. <laughs> um, I like to tell my friends, uh, men are not houses. You cannot just pick up a fixer-upper and expect good results.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say that that applies to human beings overall. But yes, specifically for a lot of men.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tinder is full of fixer uppers and not all of them (laughs) you need to invest time in. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a great lesson for the audiences who might be too young to be watching you that are watching you. Mm. And that could have been something that could have been negotiated in the writing, I think, as opposed to just being like, well, if none of the kills are his fault, he's just one of us. We're rooting for him now, right? Because I'm not rooting for him. I'm rooting for murder.
1: Yeah, it, it is tricky. I think I feel it a little bit less strongly than you, if only because particularly at the end of season two, when Forty is accidentally killed, mm-hmm. and then Love just uses the family money to literally pin all of these murders on her troubled twin brother so that she and Joe can go off and be happy because, woohoo, she's pregnant. <sighs> Part of me is like, this is ridiculous, but it's also so soap opery that I'm kind of into it. And well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it defangs Joe to a certain extent. I like this idea that he just keeps getting away with shit because of coincidence, happenstance, and in this case,
0: money. Like it's it's again, it's one of those things where it's like. I like it, but also I see what we could have, Mm -hmm. and so I'm like Mm. double-dutching, but I'm still along for the ride, and I'm still hooked, and so who am I?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who are you to complain? You watched the whole season twice. (laughs)
0: Listen, and then read a book. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: Look, we're just saying that we deserve residuals, and uh, we're really hoping that we're going to see some of this money from Carolyn Kepneys, because really, we're paying her rent at this point listen <laughs> and by red i mean mortgage because she's probably really loaded
0: oh after four books she better be what oh <laughs> my god not. there's
1: four. Oh, god You're right now
0: i think her twitter bio says she finally finished it because i i was looking at that today and i don't Ooh. remember that title so either it's a brand new book that feels like it's part of this series or it's a part of this series oh, gosh okay
1: So what's your kind of final takeaway on season two? Like, if you were going to give it a rating or better than season one, what say you?
0: I don't think it's better than season one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's better than the source material that it's based on for a lot of the characters. And so I'm here for that. I... I don't know, actually. I think that it's fine. I think it's fine on its own. I think it's, it's still of the world enough to where like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, oh, no, this is a sticky note. But like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it could also just be a little bit, it could be a little bit stronger in its truth and it's lame.
1: Okay, okay. I can definitely appreciate all of that. This to me does feel like a bit of a separate beast. I think there's a novelty to season one, whereas with season two, it does feel a little bit more broad. The characters seem a little bit more jokey, Mm -hmm. but I'm really here for a lot of the love stuff. I really enjoy looking at Jake Scully. So even though I don't buy him as a straight man, I like watching 40 because my eyes say thank you. Right. (laughs) And then I, I did think that it was a bit weak sauce to be like oh when she's pregnant but then i'm also like oh when she's pregnant so what the fuck are we gonna do now and that takes me right into season three like i'm i'm on board
0: i that pregnancy reveal i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna like harp there for a second okay because joe was finally about to kill his second person of the season and i love i love that actor and i love what they do that character but i was like he's gonna kill somebody again yay Mm -hmm. and he's like i'm pregnant he's like whoa right and I'm like, we're humanizing him again on the way out <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. well, also, I don't know about you, but I was like, bitch is lying. she's saying anything to save her skin
0: miss if somebody just killed two people in front of you basically you have to like hesitate for you just believe them I would feel
1: mm-hmm um we do obviously get the amusing ending where we jump ahead, we have the baby, we're living in the suburbs. And of course, Joe's wandering eye looks over to the neighbor who has not yet been cast. So we don't actually even see what she looks like. We just see hair. And it's like, hey, you. <laughs> We're gonna do it again.
0: <laughs> I, it was so Desperate Housewives. And I lived for that ending. Right? I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> Which also, spoiler alert for season three, Marsha fucking Cross is on this season. And I was like, oh, we really are doing Desperate Housewives. <laughs>
0: I lived for that show. I watched all of it. I keep wanting to restart it, but I just never gave myself time. And so I think that's why I'm here. Because there are some beats of you that are so Desperate Housewives mm-hmm. that I Very just, true. it's like a magnet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Desperate Housewives meets Dexter.
0: Yes, which is my personality. That's why I'm here. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, tell you what, why don't we pick that up? when we talk about season three because that is full-blown picket fence suburbia bullshit the entire season but we're not there yet
0: yes i can't wait
1: <laughs> so Sheree, if people want to talk with you about season two or why it was fine that joe only killed one person how would they get a hold of you
0: they could find me at miss sharae on twitter uh that is three s's in there because i was an overachiever <laughs> <laughs>
1: You wanted all the S's.
0: I did. None for anybody else.
1: <laughs> Very fair. Uh,
0: where can they find you, Joe?
1: I can be reached at B stone my remote, and that's the letter B. And if you want to follow the show, we are on Twitter at hey you underscore pod. And you is of course capitalized because it's the title of the show and that's how they do it. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Easy math. <laughs> Easy math. <laughs>
1: Thank you once again to uh, the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad for hosting the show. But uh, Sheree, as promised, we will be back to talk about season three White Picket Nightmares, neighbors who are spying and sleeping with our protagonists, and also some horny couple who wants to have sex with everybody. It's wild
0: right i can't wait it's (laughs) i cannot wait um i've seen that season once at the time of recording this and i'm about to like dive in as soon as we hit stop Uh... oh
1: boy (laughs) 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 all right well until season three we're gonna wrap up hey you season two scream pod squad